What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Fab, Freddy Fox, America's big brother, and we back with the Saturday Night Sit Down. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Fab, Freddy Fox, America's big brother, and we live with a Saturday night sit down. And today, I got the stepdad guy, Alex Montrose. What's going on, my man? I'm doing great, brother. Thank you for thank you for having me on. Appreciate it. Nah, man. Thank you, thank you, man. I appreciate you reaching out, man. I know you caught one of my episodes last week with the Fab with Fab, and you know you reached out to me. So um, I appreciate that, man. It really just lets me know that my message is getting out there. I'm really leaving an for impact, sure. which is my goal. So um, thank you so much, man. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, man. And it's I, I like what you're doing, and I want to, I think this, this whole collaboration and community coming together and just helping each other kind of get the message out on how we can help each other, help the community of those are kind of, you know, following us and those that look to us to, you know, for some kind of guidance advice. I think we just got to keep supporting each other and, and keep the message uh, growing. No, well, definitely. Well, thank you again so much for reaching out. So um, a little bit about this show again. This is my Saturday night sit down. It's slightly different from the other one. I mean, the other one, Fab with Fab, is really again just to get those conversations going, guys, talking about their feelings and emotion, and giving us a, a safe space where we can open up freely about this stuff. Because for so long, we always trained to not show emotion, don't talk about your feelings, and kind of suppress all those things. Um, so that's to get that out there. But on this show, is again, it's slightly tied to that too, because it's all about the importance of you know male role models in our lives. You know, um, mm-hmm. like I say time and time again, a lot of my friends. Uh, their dads weren't in their lives for one reason or the other. Um, and I've seen the impact that, you know, children without dads in their lives or, you know, good uh, male role models in their lives to guide an certain path, the struggles that they kind of face as they start to grow up. So by launching this page and talking to men like yourself, you know, hopefully give us a little bit of guidance and, you know, positive role models that they can see and take things and learn from to help make their transition into adulthood a little bit easier. You know what I mean? For sure. For sure. Love it. So, um, as I always start off my show, my very first question to you, right, is this, um, if you think about the characteristics it takes to be a good person or a good man, what do you think those are? Man, um, I would say for like in my journey, I think it's staying true to your word. I think that's number one. And I think a lot of times if we don't stay true to our word for ourselves first, it's, it's going to be very difficult to stay true to our word when we commit, have commitments towards others or to others when we make promises to others, if we can't even keep it to ourselves. Perfect example. You know, um, we all, we all strive to have a better diet. We all strive to, um, you know, get up earlier. We all strive like the very simple things yet we consistently, I think, and this is a struggle for a lot of folks. Um, we consistently kind of fall short, right? We don't, we, we hold this promise to ourselves and five days in we give up, you know what I mean? So I feel like, Having a commit, knowing that you, once you make a commitment to yourself, you're not only fortifying that for, you know, from a character perspective for yourself, but you're also extending that to others that you also commit to. And knowing that that commitment to yourself is that much more important than to the commitment that you're going to make to another person. So I wholeheartedly believe in self-mastery, just trying to really master self each and every day that you get up. And it's a life journey, right? I mean, we're all, we're all trying to kind of be better each and every day. And it only it's it's consistently just incrementally improving on a day to day basis so that you can, you know, at the end of the day, know like, hey, I actually won the day. I won the moment. And I think those stack upon each other each and every day, especially as the years go on. I look back 10 years from now, I'm not nowhere near the man I was 10 years ago. 
And that's because little by little, it's the journey of knowing I'm improving, you know, 1% a day. And that adds up. It adds up over time. So I think it's important for all men to really kind of search, their, you know, do some inner searching and say, who am I today? And then who do I want to become? And start working towards that, that man with intention and purpose. No, I wholeheartedly agree with you, man. And, I'm, and I, it's wonderful how you bring that up because it's a, these last couple of years for me um, have been very monumental. You know, about six years ago, um, I'm totally not the person I am. I wasn't from then. You know, I went through a lot of different things, but a lot of that came from uh, self-isolation, right? And in mm -hmm. that time is to ask yourself those questions. You know, who am I? What do I like? What do I enjoy? Why do I enjoy this? Why does it make me feel this way? And really taking time to understand those things because then you can, like you say, develop and continue to grow. Uh, and there's so many different quotes, as you said, that, 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 you know, came to my mind. I know, like, um, one of them is, is that, too, is just that, you know, if you're in the dark, you don't need to see the light. All you got to do is just take the first step, right? And then, it yeah. gets, you know, as you keep moving, you one step at a time, you'll finally get to the light and you'll reach that, you know? Um, and also that, too, like, people think, like, oh, just improving 1% a day. Like, what does that do? You look about it for a year. That's 365% in a year. Yeah. You know, yeah. how much growth you can do if you really took the time to focus on yourself and answer those questions and really, um, you know, understand who you are. Mm -hmm. And like you said, too, you know, as it extended to others, if you don't have control over yourself and what you're doing, how can you be that good for somebody else? You know, mm -hmm. what can you provide them if you can't control yourself either? So those are huge, great points that you brought up. Yeah. And so thank you for, for yeah. bringing that out. Um, also, when it comes to that, you know, being a good person or a good man. Mm -hmm. Um, you have to have strong morals, right? And code of conduct that you live by on a day-to-day -day basis. So to you, what are some of your strong morals or things that you, uh, you know, hold hard to, hold to your heart? You know, the code of conduct or the principles, it really kind of boils down to, I think, and I think you, you know, you kind of extended it a little bit there. It really has to do with like, if I have to make sure that I, I know I have to own the day and own the moment. And if, if I don't, if I don't, if I'm not in congruency with my conscience and that's, that's a big, that's a big deal, right? Cause our con my conscience might say, Hey, Alex, don't, don't do that. Hey, Alex, get up early. Hey, you know what you committed to. You committed to getting up early. Hey, Hey, you committed to not eat that donut. Don't do it. And if I'm not in congruency with my conscience and I go ahead and I go and I eat that donut, what happens? I'm now beating myself up. I, I've, I've just taken three steps back. And how hard it is to like, for me, from a moral and kind of being as morals or principles is how do I make sure that I set the example that I live by principle, that when I give my word to myself, to your point, how can I, how can I, how can I lead others if I can't lead myself? Right. It's very hard. And it does, it, it, it shows itself. We don't believe, I think sometimes I know I have, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not immune to it. I know that my family, my kids, they can see when I'm not living in congruency with, with what I committed to myself to. And then I'm now asking them to do something that I'm not even willing to commit to. So that's, that's a big deal for me. It's been a big deal over the last probably like three to five years, give or take, that I've really kind of slowly been committing to that, to that process. And ultimately what my goal is for that is if I can become a better leader to have that self-control for myself, I can now lead my family better. I can lead my wife better. I can, I can lead those that I've managed, the businesses I've run. I can lead my employees better because, hey, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm leading by the example. I'm leading from the front, not leading from the back. So 
that it really encompasses a lot of my life and how I live and the principles I, I live by. And and it's I love how you say that leading and leading from the front and how important that is because we've all seen that right. There's a huge difference between a boss and a leader, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we've seen that time and time again, you know, a leader, somebody who's out there in the forefront, taking the charge and guiding the path and the boss is just, like, you know, do as I say, not as I do type thing. Yeah. Um, and there's a whole different uh, level of respect that you hold for each of those individuals. Um, and people can appreciate a great leader. And, they, and nobody's ever said, you know, I have a great boss, I have a great leader and a great yeah. mentor and those things, you know, um, because of what they know that, you know, they're willing to go out there and, and take a stand. And that's, that's something that I hold true, like, in, in my management style. Like, I remember, um, you know, I became an assistant manager literally on my 18th birthday, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and in the company that I was, I was working in the mall, and I was, I started there as a box boy, you know, and I worked my way up. But every morning, you know, when I got that in there, I was still doing shipment and doing the box mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Because, again, I'm not going to ask you to do something that I'm not willing to do myself. Sure. You know, so in any position that I've been to working at supermarkets and any place of management, you know, I was at, at a grocery store. I was there, you know, I would go out and take out the garbage, too. You know, I'm not just sending people out do that. I know you got different things because then that shows that I'm willing to do it. So if I ask you, there should be no excuse either. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I'm willing to get my hands dirty. I'm not asking you to do anything irregular or anything new. And I'm showing you what I'm capable of doing and having your back. So it's very, very important to lead by example. So mm-hmm. um, definitely it's a great moral to stand by. I like what uh, you said there, too. I just wanted to. I think the the layer on top of that is the no excuses. And I think that that's something that gets developed over time. And, and at least in my journey is once you've committed to something and you don't, you don't do it, you cannot start making up excuses. And, and I would, there'd be times I catch myself. I'm like, okay, the excuses, they seem legitimate. They seem they're very, very there. I mean, yeah, okay, that makes sense. This is why this didn't happen. This is why this didn't get done. But at the end of the day, if I accept that to be a truth, then I start to live in mediocrity. I don't get ex- I don't get above and beyond where I'm currently at in my state of being, in my state of like walking in, in my life and my purpose. So ex- removing excuses is a big, big component to live in really incongruent with your conscious knowing that you know what to do each and every day. So just do it. And when you don't do it, don't make excuses. Just chalk it up. Hey, it's a loss for the moment, not a loss for the day, loss for the moment. Regroup and get back on track. No, definitely. I think one of my things, uh, there was a quote by like Bruce Lee. and He says, you know, a man is never defeated until he accepts it in his own mind. Yeah. And yeah. it's something that too, you know, that that's the, the, the pros and cons also too about knowing yourself and being in your own head because you know what you're willing to accept as an excuse. Yeah, you yeah. know, and then you're like, oh, well, okay, of course, it makes perfect sense to you. You came up with it. It's your reason yeah. for not getting something done. Yeah. Um, but it, it's also to you got to constantly push yourself uh, and go out there and really get out of your comfort zone. Um, and that's where growth happens, right? You know what I mean? Like when you're outside your comfort zone, you're facing new things because you're forced to adapt and change and develop um, because your environment is so foreign to you. Uh, so you definitely got to go out there and push that. So um, you know, those are just things that we need to remember, remind ourselves when we're trying to go out on a day-to-day basis or like when we set goals for ourselves, you know, knowing, of course, you know, that what, what, what's going to happen is going to be some ups and downs and how we're going to be able to handle that adversity when we face it and be prepared mm-hmm. to do so. Um, because if, if, if you're not, then there's no point because you're going to quit anyway. And then you're going to feel a lot worse because you kind of yeah. started and then you have those what ifs like, oh, if I would have mm-hmm. continued, if I would have kept going, like, what, what would the outcome would have been different? And now you got to live in, 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 uh, 
I'm not a huge fan of it, but then that kind of regret, right? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. I see a lot of people fan of regret because uh, you know a lot of people say, you know, different choices in their lives and things that they that they go through and they're like, oh, you know, I regret making that decision or I regret doing this and I regret doing that. Um, and I've started to come to terms with not really regretting anything in my past, mm-hmm. you know, because if if I didn't do those things or I didn't make those choices or I didn't face those hardships, I wouldn't be who I am today. And I Fair love enough. who I am today. And I love my, mm-hmm. you know, what's going on in my life right now. So it's because of those choices I got to be grateful and thankful because they put me in a position where I am now. Um, so you know, that, that's my 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 uh, spiel on regret. Yeah, I love it. But as we go on to, you know, again, part of this, like I said, is part of you know having great role models and great mentors in our mm-hmm. lives and stuff like that so that we go forward. So uh, a lot of that comes from our first role model is our father, right? That's the the yeah. father figure in our life and who he is. So for you, what was your relationship like your dad growing up? Man, uh, relationship was, you know, it was good. Like, my dad was always there for me. Uh, we went through a lot of hard times, though. Uh, my mom passed at seven. My dad had to raise wow. my, myself. And my and I was, you know, my, gosh, my brother was 13 at the time. I was seven. So, you know, he's got these two boys. His whole world kind of came to a, a crash. And I would say for like a good seven years of his life, he kind of lost his mind, man. He, he was just not, and wasn't in a good place. So we, we had a lot of struggle during that time. I mean, I would, you know, we were homeless at some, at some points of that journey. Um, there was times where I would, um, there, a family took me in for a good two to three years to kind of um, give me some stability while I was in school. Uh, but one thing I, I always look back and you said it earlier, like, there's the regrets of like knowing, Hey, did I fail? You know, the times you fail, you're like, Oh, I regret that. Like we can't look at life like that. I have to take the good with the bad because that's what actually molds me to become who I am. And I feel like with my father, it's the same thing. I took, I took all his bad and I took all the good. And I said, okay, these are the things I've learned that I don't want for my life to be. And these are the good things that he's shown me. He always had a good work ethic um was always hustling i always i just remember him hustling and he's just always into something and they weren't always good things by the way but there was always a hustle there so i was like all right hey you know there was something to be learned in that right and um and in all that and what that encompassed was somebody that you know is who who i am today right so the role model was one that he was just always there no matter if he had nothing literally from like a monetary perspective or if he had, or if he had at the time, he was always there. Um, to the point where, like back in the day, you know, I was born in '80, man. So back in the day, when there was like, if there was a fight that was going to happen with some kid, he would show up. He would leave work to go, like, who, oh, who, you, you know, who are you going to fight? And he's like, he would show up. And again, nowadays you can't do any of that, man. There'd be, like, right. I can't go to my son and be like, yeah, I'm going to, they're coming to arrest me, man. It was just different times. <laughs> so. You know, it was like, it was just that kind of, he was always there. And uh, he's, you know, he, I'm, I'm a, he's, uh, he came from Cuba back in the fifties. My, uh, you know, I was born in Miami. I'm a first generation, you know, Cuban American here. So um, it was just a different mindset, man. You know what I mean? And, and so, um, you know, there was a lot of good, a lot of bad. And I'm trying to now unwind the bad things that I've learned from him to be like, okay, these are things that now I'm aware I can't think like that. I can't act like this. I can't get, you know, emotion. I can't let my emotions control me because that's what I feel like. That was his downfall in a lot of ways. Emotion would control his decisions. So I'm like, hey, if I'm going to have self-mastery, I can't allow my emotions to control me. 
I got to get beyond that. So I think all that has from a role model perspective, I'm blessed, man. I'm thankful to you. Like you said, I'm thankful for all the good, the bad, because it's molded me and it's destined me to be who I'm walking into today and in the future. No, and absolutely. And, and I'm, I'm a huge on that too, on mastering your emotions, right? Because um, if, if you don't understand your emotions or what triggers you, what you feel, what, why you feel the way you do and stuff, uh, when other people learn that, they control you. They know how yes. to you know, manipulate you by your emotions because you have no control over them. So I, I've learned you know, a lot of that too you know, in different situations, especially, especially anger. You know, when I'm, when I'm feeling that I need to remove myself from all those situations, right, and kind of grasp myself because the things you do in anger can never be undone. Mm-hmm. You know, the things you do in general, you know, anything that you put out there, once it's out there and you've done it, like there's no turning back. You know, so you have to be very careful and very wise on the decisions you make, especially when emotions involved. So a lot of times is, you know, what happens that too, you know, when me and my wife have, have our conversation and things like that, where I kind of become very robotic and analytical. And it's because I tell that too, is because I don't want to be run by emotion. You know what I mean? I don't want this is, you know, to be fueled on a certain feeling. And you want to play out everything uh, to understand the pros and cons and make a logical decision on what's going to happen or what I'm going to say, or, you know, what I'm going to do next. So it's not to, you know, discredit that I don't have any feelings at all is because I have so many feelings that I need to, you know, kind of numb myself a little bit to be able to think clearly and not, you know, you know do anything with clouded judgment. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a very firm believer in that too, and just mastering your emotions, understanding why you feel things you do. We all need to do that. Take time to ourselves, you know, and, and understand what our triggers are, what our ups and what our downs is so that we can avoid certain situations and avoid things and really have complete and total control over all of our actions. Mm-hmm. Because again, when you're emotionally stable and you're, you're, you're clear headed, you know, that's when you're the, the, you're working at your optimal performance and you're the peak you that you can possibly be, you know, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, now you said that too, you know, again, you learned a lot from your dad, the goods and the bads and all that stuff growing up, you know, what do you think has been the biggest thing that you've learned from him? Man, the biggest thing I've learned from him is how going back to the emotion side, how depth, how detrimental the lack of controlling your emotions can be to having a fruitful, joyous life. My dad's a very emotional man. You know, it's, you know, at a, at a trigger that he can get literally go from zero to a hundred and be like in, in upset about the smallest things. So growing up, you know, you, you think that that's okay. You think that it's okay to be a certain way. You think that it's okay to kind of lose your handle on the smallest things. And what I've come to learn and I, it's what I've come to learn is that as I gotten older with my kids, my, my, my wife, my just in general, uh, interacting in business dealings. To your point, man, like if you don't control your emotions, people can control you and you're actually, they have power over you. If you allow somebody to control your emotion, that means that you are, you're allowing them to dominate you. Uh, And so I've seen, I saw that in my dad and I realized, okay, this is not the way I want to be. I don't want to be controlled by somebody else's input. I don't want to be controlled by somebody else's actions. I need to have control over myself and then have clarity in my decision-making process to make the right decision when I need, you know, when I, when that decision need to be made for whatever reason or for whatever circumstance. So that's, I think the biggest thing 
I've learned. He's 81 years old. We talk about it all the time. You know, I, from a man-to-man perspective now, we have some really great conversations now. I'm like, Dad, man, you got to – at 81, he's still like that. Like, he hasn't changed. And I'm like, hey, you can't – this is not the way to be, Dad. Hey, the, the cashier lady, Dad, she's just doing her job. It's okay. Like, she, she doesn't – that's all right. It's not a big deal, man. We can move on. He doesn't – you know, he's just still, oh, okay, okay, mijo, okay, all right. You know, he'll listen to me now, but it's still in him. You know, because he never had anybody as a role model to actually show him a better way either. And I've realized that about him as I look into his life and knowing his I know his past. You know, he came to America at 19 years old. He had to survive going to New York and everything else and find his way. And he was involved with, the, you know, with the revolution against Castro. And, I mean, there was just a lot of crazy times. So he never had what we have today, you know, where we can have even conversations like this to be like, hey. You know, you can have somebody check you and be like, dude, that's not that's not the way to act. You know, this, you, there's a better way. So that's, I think, the biggest the biggest lesson I've learned from from my father. And, and now as your dad yourself, right, um, what are some things that you are mindfully trying to instill in your children? Right now, from a mindfulness perspective, it's self-talk. Self-talk is... So the other day I, I heard my son, he was playing a video game and uh, the, he lost the level and he's like, oh, I'm so terrible. And I go, Hey, you can't talk to yourself like that. You know, and I'm catching now I'm aware of how my kids are talking to themselves and I'm teaching them like, Hey, what you're talking and the way you speak will become your belief, yeah. you know? So you have to speak differently. You have to think differently and this is five years old. I'm working with him at five to teach him, you know, and my, my hope is like, I'm catching it. I'm right, you know, nipping it in the bud before it gets too late, before that becomes an identity in his mind and in his heart. And it grows roots into something that then becomes, you know, stuff that I'm dealing with now I'm 41. I'm dealing with stuff from my child. You know, I'm trying to pull out roots every day, you know, it's from stuff that was planted in there when, as a kid. So I'm trying to plant better seed. I'm trying to plant better. I'm trying to fertilize and and really that mind to make sure that when he, as he grows up, he can keep stacking on top of that, layering something better. That's just my son. It's my daughter. It's all my kids. I have today. I have five, five kids. I got to count. So I have three. I have three step kids from my previous marriage that I have a great relationship with. And I raised them. The oldest is 28. So all together, I have eight. My now with the with my marriage now I have five. My youngest is five years old. My my and uh, then I have a seven. My stepdaughter is fifteen, and then my two oldest from my previous marriage is uh, one will be twenty one and eighteen. So these are conversations we're having now, and it's like, hey, how do I make sure that they control this first? That they understand that you've got to develop this to be successful in life. And that's I'm all in on that right now with all of my kids, no matter if they're five, all the way to twenty eight. I've been having these conversations on how to change the way that they think so that they control, they can control their destiny. They can actually move into what their calling is in life versus being uh, submissive to others, you know, emotions and others, maybe, um, how do I put it? Like others, um, I don't know. Like, I feel like everybody has to some extent, somebody never thought I'd be where I'm at today. And that's because they looked at me how I was at a certain place and time and they said well Alex will never be anything you know and I that actually was fuel for me that's not fuel for everybody though believe it or not some people actually yeah. 
get, they actually submit to that. And they're like, no, this is what I believe I am. I'm thankful I never did. Cause I was like, no, I know who I am. And I'm going to be, a, I'm going to, I'm going to rise above that. Not everybody's built like that. Not everybody. So you got to, so I'm not taking chances with any of my kids at all. I'm like, Hey, we're going to make sure that we, we work on this from the very beginning till the day I'm gone, you know, and then hopefully they can pass it on to their kids and we can have a legacy of people that rose above became better. And the last name actually is something that we can all be proud of as generations kind of, you know, grow from here. So, you know, it's crazy how you said that about your last, uh, the last name. One of my, one of my good friends is Sam Singletary actually joined during our interview. He said that one of his biggest things is his name, you know, and how much pride he has in his name and what it means and going on. So, um, you know, it is crazy because as soon as you met that, he actually walked yeah. in and it was here. So, um, you know, yeah. it's crazy how it ties in. And, yeah. and that's what I love too. You know what I mean? Like it just, I'm saying that like all these great minds, they think alike and have the same mentality and what they want. And, you know, just know that I'm, I'm, I'm aligning myself with a bunch of group men. So um, now, well, when you said that too, as far as, um, you know, self-talk um, and and uh, with the kids, because my, my daughter's six, you know, and she does that too, you know, and yeah. you know, I'm like, you know, oh, I didn't do right and I'm not listening well. And I'm not like, so what yeah. can you do better, baby? You know, yeah. what, what can you change? Like, don't focus on the negative. You know, mm -hmm. or I put it this way. I'm like, would you tell you talk to your friends like that? And she's like, no. So, so why would you talk to yourself yeah. like that? Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you can't do that because also, again, and I think it was another Bruce Lee quote that he said too, is that, um, you know, be careful how you speak about yourself, you know, or don't speak negative about yourself because a warrior inside hears this and is weakened by them. Yeah. Oh you man. Yes. Yeah, powerful. So, so yeah. um, I, I'm a very firm believer in that too. And it's all about the law of attraction and, and just positivity um, with her and, and, and trying to really help her understand and really control herself and be comfortable with who she is. Um, and it all definitely starts with the self-talk. And I say that because I remember myself growing up, right? And, and, and just how little confidence I had in myself. Yeah. You know, and I just allowed everybody to, to kind of tell me who I am or who I should be or what I should do. Um, and even though, um, and it was crazy because I, like deep down, I really didn't believe it, but at the same time I was like, well, maybe it is because I'm hearing it from other things. So I was just trying to overcome that thing. And then that led me to a, a long time eternal battle with myself. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and that's really why I had to take the time over these last couple of years to really understand and be comfortable with who I am and what I want to be and just who I'm out there. Uh, because I, and it's, and it's always a beautiful thing. And as I got to this age, now I understand more and more what my mom always used to tell me. And I've said this plenty of times and, 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 but my mom would always tell me, you know, I would rather people hate me for who I am than love me for who I'm not. Yeah. Wow. And, That's um, good. you know, I didn't really, it didn't, again, I was too young, you know, like your parents, yeah. you kind of don't want to have <laughs> listen and stuff. But as I started getting older and I started to understand, you know what, like there's so much great power in that, yeah. you know, and if, people don't like you then they don't like you like people are gonna not people are gonna hate or look for anything any reason to hate you anyway if they really want exactly. to so yeah. why not be happy with who you are and if they don't like it then oh well they'll move on but at least you can find people who are you know who do appreciate you for who you are and you know like you and enjoy you um and you can be happy because you're yourself you're being truthful with yourself and that's just the most carefree you can possibly be when you can be 100 percent honest and truthful with yourself but just completely free um you eliminate I feel like a lot of depression uh, mm -hmm. and, and, and anxiety because you understand who you are, what you're capable of. So, 
Um, you know, again, like it's just wild that again, their kids so similar in age, you know, and really still having that same mentality conversation about yeah. self-talk and how they speak about themselves, which is key, um, you know, in them growing up and, and transitioning into adulthood. Mm-hmm. Um, now, now, I know you said you had, a, you know, kids from your previous marriage and stuff like that. So, and of course, I know you see now you're the stepdad guy and everything, but did you have kids of your own before having stepchildren or did you have stepchildren first or how did that happen? Yeah, man, I got married at... I actually got married at 20 and had my first, it was a, what they call them shotgun marriages. We were pregnant. She had three kids, my previous, my, my first wife. And then we had our first right and right after, right after I turned 21. And then two years later had my second. So I was, by the time of 23, I had five, I was raising five kids and, um, and they were all, they were all young. I mean, uh, the oldest now, she's 28. My step, my stepdaughter, she's she actually works for our company. The and then I have a 26, and then a 24, and then my kids, which are 20 and eight and 18, 15, and then seven. So seven and five. So I learned. I had a man. It was yeah. My 20s were just full of like I would say trying to figure out who I was. A kid raising kids. You know, my kid, my my little kids now got like a, my little kids and my teenagers, they have version 2.0 of Alex, right? Of dad. You know, my kids back in the day was 1.0, man. I was like, because my kids will come to me now and be like, dad, you know, you were different with us. I'm like, man, you realize I was like 20, I was like 24 taking, you know, you know what that is with five kids? I was like, dude, don't talk to me about who I was back then. I'm a 40 year old man now. Like, of course, I'm not the same person. You know, um, but we, we joke about it because, you know, they, they give my they give the, their, their, their siblings crap because they'll be like, hey, you don't know dad, man, how dad used to be. It's like, yeah, I don't want I don't ever want to be that guy again. You know, and naturally you shouldn't. Right. Because you should progress into something, something better over time. So I had to I had to learn how to be a father pretty quick, man. And it, it was um, my whole 20s. You know, I, I didn't have, you know that's the one advice I give to all my kids. It's like, Hey, I get it. You fall in love with your, you know, your, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, whatever it is. Wait, just wait, don't get married. And I get it. There's those instances with sweetheart, you know, high school sweethearts, they, they make it work, but find out who you are and don't go and do the thing I did because it's not easy. And I didn't have my twenties to figure myself out because I had to be, I had to be a provider I had to take care of, you know, I had to take care of a lot, you know, so it, it, uh, yeah, it, it started really young, started really young. And then that's a lot, uh, I mean, a huge commitment to, to take on, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, again, just being 20 years old, right. You're still trying to figure yourself out. Uh, and now you're married with three kids. Um, I guess that, you know, what was the decision behind that? Like thinking, you know, yeah. like, why were you so prepared to, to take yeah. on that? Or did you know better? Or do you, and again, and again Man, I know no. we don't regret what we did, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Helps us with all the stuff. Yeah. But like, you know what, again, you're thinking like all your friends are out going to the club and parties. Yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah. All yeah. These it's, things, you know, and yeah. you're a, a father now, of three. You know, you know what, it, man, you know, I've, I've, I've thought about that for years. Believe me, I've sat on that question. Why did I do that? And, um, why I'm doing what I am today is the reason why I did what I did 20 years ago. 
It's because now I want to help men. You know, I didn't know that back then. Why I made that decision back then could be a lot of reasons. It could be some subconscious. Um, I had no stability growing up. So maybe getting married was something that like, oh, I'm going to have stability now. I need that in my life. I just want to have some stability. Maybe that was a reason. Uh, the family that took me in that didn't, they didn't have to. They already had five kids when they brought me into their home. And they kept me there for years. And, and you know, they gave me stability. And I saw, you know, maybe my ex and she didn't have, you know, that stability. And I felt like, you know, hey, I can be this man and, and do this, you know, and, um, and, and be that stability for her. I, I don't know. You know, it's, it's a really interesting question. And I've tried to answer it. I don't have the answer. What I do have the answer for, though, is that today, 20 years later, I can look at those experiences and be like, hey, I can actually help a lot of men to understand what this journey looks like. I'm on like, I'm on my second tour of this journey of being a stepdad. You know, I, I was married, we were married for almost 10 years at the time. My wife and I now we've been married almost nine. We'll be married nine years this month. Um, so yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. So we've been married almost nine years flourishing, you know, and, and the cool part is too, um, my ex, my ex and my wife, we're all friends. We all come together for our kids. Like we have a great relationship because we know, we know what really matters is really kind of doing what's right for our kids and making sure that they have what they need. So um, it's actually the best possibility or it's the best scenario that could have ever come out of, you know, my past. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, man, I don't, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know what, what was going through my crazy head. I, I had friends of mine, man. They're like, dude, are you sure you want to do that? And, and I don't know, man, I did it. And I don't, I don't really have an answer to be honest. Of course, you know, the obvious is I fell in love with her and all this stuff. And I looked beyond, I looked beyond the, um, I didn't count the cost of what it was going to take. And that's something I, I teach these dads coming into that, this scenario of a blended family, you got to count the cost and, you got to really think through what you're about to walk into because it's not about, you don't want to continue the cycle of pain, like for the kids first, right. because if you don't count the cost and you're going to go in there and not be ready to take care of somebody else's children and step up and then you guys divorce or break up, like, what do you think happens to the kids? Like, do, do you want to keep putting them through that cycle? Like, don't be part of it. Like, if you're not sure, like, just stay away. Don't do it. Don't, don't even date women with kids because it's bigger than just you and her breaking up. Like, you are still consistently now, you're still cycling that cycle of pain over and over for them, of loss, of instability, of seeing their mom in pain. And, you know, it just, it just continues. So that's a big message for me right now with men, with men in general within the blended family communities. Like, Hey, be certain about what you do because it's it's a serious calling if you're about to go step into that. And, yeah, and, and uh, yeah. sorry. no, no, go ahead. Yeah, no, and, and I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I don't know if you kind of caught that into in another conversation because that was something that you know I started playing into my own role, right? Because again, I I, I was wanted to be a dad so bad of my own, you know, I mean, have my own kids and all those things, and and, and I've always asked myself very random questions like, you know, what would I do in this situation? What would I do there? Um, and then that's one reason for myself where I was like, you know, I, I was very, it was, it was young, but I was like, you know, I don't think that I am prepared to really be with someone with kids. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just for multiple reasons. Because number one, you know, I, as I said, like, I didn't want to have to deal with another man, 
right? Yeah. And my family, you know, because that, that's also a very touchy subject, you know, like, you know, I, 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 you see all these horrible things like in the media and all that stuff, like that, because negativity sells, right? So you see the day, you know, they go over to their dad's house on the weekend and like, oh, you don't got to listen to your stepdad. He's not your father. He doesn't do this and all this stuff, you know, and coming back and having to deal with that situation that adds stress to your relationship with your partner and now your kids, you know, trying to really build that bond you know, or her holding it against you, like, oh, don't talk to my kid that way, and all those things, like, all those just negative things that just played into my head was something that I don't, I wasn't, I, I told myself, you know, I wasn't prepared to handle this, you know, what I mean, I'm not ready to do that, um, but then also, you know, I was just fearful that, again, you know, wanting to have kids so badly of my own, that mm-hmm. when I did have my kids, how would that play in my love and affection toward my stepchildren, you know, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to cause yeah. or play favorites or do all those things, you know, because yeah. again, like, what I don't want to I would never do that intentionally, but my fear is, again, you're subconsciously or in my head, yeah. you're know, kind of yeah. playing favorites, you know, or like, oh, I took my kids to the park, but, you know, I'm not going to take camera, like, dip or buying them more toys and stuff, you know, because all that, you know, they see those things, right? Of course. And then, that, like you said, that also is, is damaging, you know, like, why doesn't he do this for me or where is this and creating that instability? So I think it, it's it's very important, like you said, to really sit down and have those conversations you can and without emotion because, yeah, oh, I love this yeah. woman so much. You can't let, let that base 100% on that decision. It's great that you guys are in love, and stuff, but there's so much more that comes involved yeah. that you really got to think about and ask yourself, am I really prepared for this? Am I really mm-hmm. ready for this journey? Am I able to handle this? Because I, like you said, if you're not, just step away, bro. Yeah. Because there's, yeah. You're, you're damaging so many more people now. Yeah. And for a lifetime, mm-hmm. you know, because again, kids are so impressionable and all these things. And even though like right now, they might not think that they phase them, but years down, they have, you know, uh, issues with trust or you know commitment and all those things because of the instability that they had as a kid and you were a part of that because again you just came in and walked out like it was nothing and now they're hurting yeah yeah it's 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 a big deal man and that's where i think that's the root behind like my messaging and being whatever quote unquote the stepdad guy is really helping these men understand if, if whether they've made the jump once you made that commitment all right, now you're in. Okay, now you start realizing like, oh man, I didn't really sign up for this. Year one, honeymoon phase ends up is over. Now, now, now you're in. Now it's real. Now it's like the conflict starts, the frustrations, the other parent, the the you know. I mean, and it's like, but you didn't think about any of that before because you were so emotionally engaged and just being all in with for your for your spouse that you forgot like all these different moving pieces and you're playing chess, not playing checkers. So it's like you have more pieces on your board that you got to maneuver in a way to make, to be successfully like to actually, to actually be a a success for your family and for, and and to help them be a success and, and be, be a value versus being another, you know, just another statistic when it all comes to a crashing end, you know, because the second marriage actually, the, the, the ratio of divorce is actually higher and naturally so, right? Because again, they get, they, you know, you fall in love and then all of a sudden you realize like, Oh man, the ex is in the way the the kids don't listen. You're, you know, and then what do you think? Then there's sides that are taken. And then before you know it, it's over, you know, the, the marriage ends. So I, I can appreciate men that just say, Hey, I'm not ready, man. I'm not doing that. I respect, I can respect that because they have awareness of like, I know I don't want to cause no more damage. You know, um, and a lot of men are just scared too to do it. 
you know what I mean? I think it's two, it's twofold. One is I would hope that the man that makes it, I would actually have them rather be scared to be like, Hey, I'm not doing that. Cause I'm actually, I don't want to be raising. I'm just nervous about that. That's actually a better scenario than going in thinking you're going to take over the world and not be prepared to walk into this battle that you just, you know, without any tools or what, you know, to actually work through that. So. Yeah, no, definitely. So it, it's key. And I'm glad that you mentioned that because a lot of people need to really take that into consideration, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I'm rushing things because I think that that's where, like you said, the hostility begins, you know, they're not prepared to do that. Now they're faced with this situation and, and they don't know how to handle it or how to cope. Yeah. So you really got to, again, master yourself and understand what your limitations are mm-hmm. uh, before you bite off more than you can chew. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, Definitely, definitely amazing. Now, I know you said that you go by this whole the stepdad guy and everything like that. Now, is that part of your brand or how did that become to be? Yeah. Or, you know, what is the meaning behind that? All right. So it's a funny, it's a funny, um, it's a funny way I got to here, right? So I'm part of a, I, I was part of a coaching program uh, through a gentleman named Pedro Adeo. And I was going, I was in a hot seat and we were doing like, we're working on funnels and marketing and all this stuff. And there's probably like, I don't know, 50 to 100 people on this call. So it's my turn to kind of talk about my business and everything I'm doing. And they're talking about like, Hey, um, you know, like different. And there's a guy on there that keeps commenting and he's just like, he's coming up with domain names. He's coming up with different names that I could be called based off of my vision for what I how I wanted to help stepfathers. Right? And the step guy kept coming up and everybody's like, man, that's a hook. That hooks like be the step, just be the stepdad guy. That's it. That's who you are. And I was like, so I sat on it and didn't go all in on it for a minute. And I was like, huh, how do I want to play this? Um, Just from a branding perspective, like, how do I want to make sure that when somebody sees content and sees, is that, how can they, they know immediately what, who I, what I'm trying to get at, at the, from my messaging from the very beginning. So, um, so I decided, I said, you know, I'm going to do it. Uh, I went with it. I changed it. So um, other than that, like I had, um, my the company I run is called Noble Dad, and really it's kind of like helping men walk into their noble calling as stepfathers, as men, as fathers in general. So um, this is like a, a spent. This is kind of a a, a spin off of that core brand of you know the stepdad guy. And of course, I have you know twenty years of doing this. I've learned a few things that I can now kind of share with share with some other men to help them in their journey. So um, I felt it was appropriate to, to kind of go all in on, on that name. So were you already, a, is it the Noble Dad you said? Is that, is that yeah. Mm-hmm. Name brand? So, yeah. So how did that begin? Is that, let's go from there. Yeah. So Noble Dad, um, so last year I sold my company that my wife and I built for, for we, gosh, we built it for six years. We sold that company. Um, we did well. And I was like, what's next? And so I started kind of doing, I was going down this, this path of like, all right, who, who, do, who am I? Again, this is, you know, I always ask my, I'm asking this question every few years, man. Like I'm really, cause I feel like there's layers of who you are and then it crystallizes with time. You know what I mean? Like it gets, just gets more crystallized. You're like, okay. And I started looking at my whole life and I said, what's the one thing that I'm passionate about? I've always been passionate about helping others, like coaching and just, being, being of service and of value. And I felt like, and in my previous businesses, that's not what I did. It was, it was services business, but nothing to this extent. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to help men. 
I'm going to help men in their journey because I have something to share and I have experience in this. You know, I'm not some guy that just got married, you know, to, you know, a year ago, two years ago, heck, even five years ago. And now I'm out there, the guru, you know, Hey, I've, I've had the losses. I've had the wins. I'm bringing that all together over two decades. And I'm like, let me, let me talk to you about what this is all going to look like. I get, you might be three years in five, 10. I've been there. I know what that is. And, um, so through that journey of like, um, kind of just looking back on my life, I was like, you know what, this is, I feel like I've been, I was kind of being prepared for this moment of like, all right, now it's time to, to go and branch out and start helping other men because the, the statistics are, are huge. They're, I mean, we're in a fatherless generation. We have divorce rates at, you know, 50% or give or take right there. You have the next, you know, the divorce rate increases in blended families. So I was like, all right, how can I be of service to this, to this part of the world or to, to men in general? Um, and that's kind of where I ended up. I was like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to help men for now until, you know, I think this is it. You know, I mean, I'll build from here. And of course, I'm, I'm, I got other things going on, but this is really my, my passion project. Yeah, no, and I, and I wholeheartedly agree with you because, again, now that's just kind of how all this developed for me in the Saturday Night Sit Down and, and, you know, my other show, too, because, again, it's just that, too, just helping out us individuals as men and, and really kind of breaking the stereotypes and, 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 you know, pulling back the current to, to what it takes to be a man, right? It's not all what they put on the news, you know, being macho and yeah. You know, hard it's, it's not you know because you can only hold that up for so long you know i mean every man's been out there i don't, I don't care not one man can look at me in the face and tell me that they haven't cried their eyes out like no other mm-hmm. you know for something that they've encountered in their life you know but they couldn't share that because then again you know the immediately say that everybody's gonna look like oh you weak you know and and we cannot you know break that but i i find it more it's the complete opposite. You got to be really strong to share your emotions, to be that vulnerable and that comfortable with yourself um, to talk about those things. And, and, and that takes a whole different level of security within yourself to be able to do that and, and, and not worry about what they think or say or what they're going to react or if they're going to think less of you, um, you know, because, because again, we're, we're, we're people at the end of the day too, you know, we have feelings, we have emotions. It's important to let those things out. Uh, you know, two things, you know, a part of mine is just, and, and I'm, I'm probably sure you've heard of Jason Wilson. Um, uh, but it, you know, his book has really changed me, which is cry like a man, which really mm-hmm. helped me take a stand and really understand me more than ever. Um, because it just looked at me and like, you know, this is a very, strong person and, and you know saying it's okay to cry and you know like hearing a man from that stature and I've, you know, I've never heard that as a kid like you know it's okay to cry right go ahead and do that like that that wasn't the case yeah you know and it was so much ingrained like i like even recently i was watching like the ufc um you're gonna watch it tonight are you watching yeah, it tonight? yeah yeah i'll be yeah, watching it tonight, watch it tonight. Yeah. Um, yeah but uh when um uh um Oh God, I can't think of his name. Sorry, now. man, I threw you off, brother. <laughs> no, but I was like, <laughs> you said UFC. I'm waiting, dude. I'm, I'm waiting for. I'm like, I can't wait till the fights start, man. <laughs> um, uh, it wasn't Paulo Costa, man, but he fought um Usman, um, for I believe for. for uh, was it Masvidal or was it uh Colby Covington? Who was it? Which one was it? Uh, I gotta look up his name, but I remember because this dude's a big brolic dude, right? Oh, was it uh, Burns? Gilbert Burns. Yeah, Gilbert, Gilbert Burns. Burns. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God, I was drawing a complete blank. 
But yeah. I'm looking at this dude, right? And he lost and he's like crying and shit. Yeah, yeah. And I got him in my first reaction. I'm like, what you crying for? And I'm like, why would I do that? Like, this dude could literally break me in half if he wanted to. You know what I mean? <laughs> but again, you know what? Like, I had to commend him for that. So I to think about yeah. it again. Like, you know what? That takes a lot. You know, you, you know, and I can understand you wanted it so badly. You went out there, you gave it your best and you fell short. You know, yeah. and that's got to yeah. hurt, you know, and we've all been there before for, yeah. for, for, you know, it doesn't have to be like a title, but, you know, for anything, a certain goal, you know, anything like that, where we've gone to it, but we gave it all and we fell short and we felt horrible and we've cried, mm-hmm. you know, so that, that kind of took me back and I was like, you know, I, I you know, I, I had to realize that again too and check myself because you, you know, again, he was being completely open and bold and went out there, you know what it is, what it is and big ups on him, you know what I mean? And that's yeah. what we have to realize that too, is that if this man who goes, who punches people in the face for a living can be that emotional over something, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. It yeah. happens to all of us yeah. and we gotta get comfortable with that. And we shouldn't judge or pick or you understand because mm-hmm. we've all been there at one point or the other. For sure. For sure. You know, so, I love it. Um, you know, as we wind down here again, you know, it's been a great conversation. You know, as I started to get to know a lot more about you this conversation, I definitely want to talk with you more and more in private and some other things and stuff like that and help, you know, how we can, you know, collab together or join okay. or other things, you know, help guide me as well as some other things too. You know, I think um it's just amazing on, on where your mindset is at and how in line it is with mine that you know i think it's just a, a perfect match to, to kind of get that conversation going so again i appreciate you for reaching out um and, and speaking up um so when as i end here with my, my show i always have two last questions right my first okay. one is out of everything you've been through in your life and in all the different situations and stuff what do you feel has been the best advice you've ever received the best advice I think I've ever received was to never doubt myself, to never doubt myself. That's been the best advice. Um, I, 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 you know, I heard you earlier, like around self-confidence. I've struggled with that too my whole life. Right. In the sense of, you know, just where I came from and then in the environment I was in. And, and then again, you know, I'm a product of the, you know, eighties, nineties where, you had to be hard. You had to be all that, you know what I mean? Like there was this, it was the culture. It was the culture right. we were, I was raised. I mean, my kids nowadays have no clue what it was. Like you couldn't walk and just stare at somebody or look at, I mean, that was like a fight that happened right there. Like you didn't exactly. do that. You just, you know, and, and there, that's out of insecurity. So how, you know, I was just building insecurity layer upon layer upon layer. As, and then now it's like, and I doubted myself and I didn't believe in myself in a lot of ways. And, um, the best piece of advice, um, that was given to me as probably my early twenties was like, Hey, don't doubt yourself, man. Like when you, you know who you are, you, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta go all in and just, and just know you can, you can, and, and, and let everything else subside. So that, that's helped me probably over the last, honestly, really kind of went all in on that probably in the last 10 years. So, um, and my life was just skyrocketed, you know what I mean? Into, into, yeah, places where I never thought I'd be. So. And and it's, it's huge. You got to bet on yourself to win. Even for myself, like I, I was, but before I, I started this podcast about a year ago, it's about to be mm-hmm. a year on the 21st of March. Oh, congrats, man. You That's know? awesome. So I'm, I'm super excited for that. But I was sitting on the idea of actually doing a podcast for about two years. I had bought the microphones and the equipment and stuff like that. And I was just sitting there collecting dust, um, you know, because, again, I was giving myself excuses. Like, oh, yeah. it's, you don't have a real topic yet. You don't know what you want to do. You don't have your path and all those things. And 
you know, all that stuff. So again, I was hitting myself where I knew I would be accepting to those uh, excuses and all those things. And I just got to a point where I was just so uncomfortable and unhappy with where I was in my life and things that I wanted to make a change in and what I want to do. The first step was, again, just taking that first small step. You know, I said, you know, I'm just going to launch this. I'm just going to start it and see what happens and what's going on. And, you know, in a year's time, you know, how I've grown and developed with this show has been incredible. You know, mm-hmm. getting to interview the people that I've gotten to interview and, and you know, learning again, like meeting people like you from all over the world. And so, yeah, I'm, 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 been, I'm, I'm listening to in Germany, in Brazil, you know, and, and, and all That's because cool. I took that small step, you know. Yeah. And appreciating that stuff. And then I was like, you know, I, I know what I'm doing and having the confidence in myself and this belief. Like, I, like I tell myself every day, like, this is going to blow. This is going to be huge. Like, I just feel it. And, and just as I talk to more and more people and I go through more and more things, I get more and more affirmation. Um, but it all starts from what you said, too, just believing in myself and really not doubting with who I am, what my purpose is, and just moving forward um, to be able to accomplish those things. And, and I know you said that too, like, cause again, you know, back in the day it was like that too, when people staring at you and the levels of insecurity and all that stuff, we start to wonder is, is a quote by Winston Churchill that I heard a few years ago that also just changed my life forever because I was like that too, just so insecure and worried about what other people are saying. But he says, uh, in your twenties, you worry that everybody's talking about you. In yeah. your forties, you stop caring. And in your sixties, yeah. you realize nobody was talking about you in yeah. the first place. <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? So... Once yeah. I realized that, I was like, wow, because it's true, you know, people, they may make a comment now and then completely forget about you, you know, as soon mm-hmm. as they turn the corner, but you're sit to think and dwelling in your own mind and you just got to get that out of there, you know, yeah. and just and just move on. So great key points that, that you brought up. And my last question to you, um, as I asked everybody else too, you know, looking again with your experiences and everything that's going on, looking at the next generation, the people coming up behind us, what is one piece of advice you would like to give them? Um be mindful of how you talk to yourself. I think that is going back to our, our conversation around, um, you know, my, our, my five-year-old and our kids just in general, those that are coming up, you know, and with all the influences that are, that are getting thrown at us, you got to be mindful of how you empower yourself each and every day to become the person that you're destined to be. If you're talking to yourself in a way that's only, it's not edifying you, it's not building you up, then it's tearing you down. And it's built, it's actually creating the lack of confidence, creating the self-doubt. And if you can switch it, your confidence goes up. Your, your belief in who you are and what you can achieve goes up. And, and you could walk into your teens, your 20s, your 30s, and be further ahead than you and I will ever be in that, at that time of their life. And I wish somebody would have told me that, you know what I mean? Like self-talk and how you talk to yourself and what you believe mentally and knowing that you have to consistently be checking yourself and, and making sure that that self-talk is only talking in a way that's empowering you to move forward and not be, and not take a step back. Yeah, no, that, that is great advice. I think that they really need to understand and go through that because, it's true. What whatever we put out there into the universe, right? It's going to come back to us tenfold. Mm-hmm. So we got to be very, very mindful of what we do and and have that confidence confidence in ourselves. And it's it it was wild because for the longest, um, I had trouble 
complimenting myself or accepting compliments or you know when people talk good about myself like it got to the point my wife really got so upset she's like you know that's why i don't compliment you anymore because you don't know how to accept it you know what i mean like i don't say this because you don't know how to be appreciative because yeah. i always associated confidence with arrogance yeah and i didn't understand how to separate them you know and uh, i had a, a few interviews well one of my beginning interviews i had one of my friends on here uh, jay delise and he had said that his mom would teach him and force him to walk with confidence, you know, with his head up and really made him like walk across the house, like, you know, with your chest out, head high, really mm -hmm. you know, give that aura of self-belief and stuff. And then I also started to realize this as no matter what you do, you know what I mean, or who you are, right? And you have the most confidence again. The people who don't like you will call you arrogant. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is. Doesn't you matter. know what I mean? Yeah. Like uh, like people say that too. Like I look at LeBron James, you know, they say, "Oh, he's so arrogant, stuff like that." But he's confident in his skills and what he's able to do. Why is that a bad thing? Yeah, you know, yeah. he's not really hurting anybody, putting anybody down. He's just believing in himself more mm -hmm. than you know, anybody else could, and that's important yeah. too. You got to believe in yourself more than anybody else because at the end of the day, you wake up with yourself, you go to sleep with yourself, you look yourself in the mirror. You are the person you have to be comfortable with, yeah. not with the people around. Mm -hmm. You know, so that that's a huge thing that I would you know, let them know too, is that you know, always be confident in you. Because again, no matter what, what happens out there, if people don't like you, if they want to hate on you, they're going to find a reason to do it regardless, no matter yeah. what you do, no matter what you do. Sure. So, I mean, yeah, and then just like I see Love Ministry here, she's, she's posting on just made me think that too. Like even look at that, just like a Jesus, you know what I mean? Like people hated him, you know what I mean? I and literally crucified him. He's just trying to be a good person, you know? Yeah. So it doesn't matter who you are, what you do. If somebody made a decision in their mind not to like you, there's no winning that battle. And you shouldn't even try to anyway. You just got to yeah. be comfortable with yourself and who you are and live the best life you could possibly be. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, that, that, that wraps up for our show again today, Alex. And again, thank you so much. It's been an amazing conversation. You, I really appreciate your insight and everything you have to offer. Uh, and definitely, again, you know, I will be in contact with you more and more. And uh, I would definitely love to have you back on my other show, Fab with Fab, as we get other men to sit down and talk about different things. I think, uh, you know, you'd be a great asset to that team, man. Let's do it. Let's do it. I appreciate you, man. Thank you for inviting me. It's an honor. Um, who are you going for tonight, by the way? Who are you going? Who are you going with? Masvidal. Okay, yeah, that's where my heart is, man. I'm going. With, well, <laughs> his background's Cuban, so I gotta, I gotta support yeah, my Cuban, yeah, my Cuban. Yeah. But it's, it's a tough fight, man. It's a I, tough that's fight. what I said too, man. Like I said, I mean, you know, it just, you know, we're kind of sidebar in here, but you know, definitely, yeah. not, you know, but as I look at it too, you know, looking at both of their fights with Usman, right? Yeah, you know. Kobe really has a, a strong chin. He does have a lot of endurance. He puts out a lot. You know, it, it's going to be tough to try to stop him. But again, you know, Masvidal is deceptively strong and he has an yeah. incredible striking. I mean, I, I used to watch him back in the street yeah. fights with when he was yeah. one of uh, Kimbo's boy and all those things yeah. back in the yeah. day and yeah. watching all those things. So, yeah. um, you know, definitely uh, that, that that's what I like to see. But it is, it is, you know, it's going to be one of those nights tonight that's just going to be. It's going to be good. We're going to see. Excited. You know, if if Kobe can't take him down because. Moswell has good takedown defense, man. Usman had a, had a struggle. He struggled trying to get him down. So yeah, yeah, if he if if Kobe can't do it, it's a stand up game. And then I think that that's where it kind of equalizes a little bit for for Masvidal. So we'll see, see what happens. So we'll see. Well, well, again, man, thank you so much, man. As everybody, I always say, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, your big brother loves you. Stay blessed, everybody. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys.